Pulp MX Network production. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store bought tank, flip flops, and cut off jeans. Somewhere between that. A new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's industry seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Glow Wash, Works Connection, Bass Foundry, TL Speed Shop, Grandstone Boots, and Fly Racing. Welcome to the Industry Seating Podcast. If you've never listened before, my name is Jason Thomas, and I am the host. I am the only one that will be talking on this podcast. So if you don't like me or you don't like my voice, you are you're very much in the wrong place. That's all I have to tell you. It is, uh, it's Thursday. It's May 18th, and uh, last weekend we saw the finale. Mosh Energy Supercross is over. Salt Lake City went off, and while the championships were already decided, doesn't mean it wasn't a, a pretty cool event. Uh, weather, eh, didn't really cooperate. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It wasn't East Rutherford, but <clears throat> if you were there, you know how amazing Thursday and Friday were. I mean, it was like all-time fantastic weather. It's not too much different than how Boise has been for parts of this week as well. Just like spring, 75, sunny. Uh, and then we woke up Saturday morning and it was windy. Like I'm talking like blowing, like 30, 40 mile an hour steady, which sounds crazy. I know that's that doesn't sound realistic, but it was. Rainy, nasty, like snow in the mountains. You could see the snow in the mountains. And you're just like, great, here we go. This is going to suck. Um, but it wasn't as bad as uh, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. It was decent, actually pretty nice during parts of the day. And just, yeah, it did rain uh, later on in the show, but um, whatever. Like, it, it was fine talking to the riders. There was one main line that was pretty decent. And uh, I, I know conditions like that all too well. It's just really hard to pass. Other than that, it's it's not really all that bad. You're just kind of trail riding in the main line. But if you have to move up like in the qualifiers or get a bad start in the main event or something, it, it gets a little dicey because you step out of that main line and you're just sliding all over the place. Uh, but yeah, final race. Some guys really made the most of it, put in great finishes. And that's what you see late in the season. You know, lots of guys were hurt this year. And while I never want to see anybody hurt, Anybody who's been around this sport long enough knows it is a part of it. It is inherently a dangerous sport. We're never going to be able to overcome that. I know we all want to keep people as healthy as possible. That goes without saying. That's a very obvious comment and a valid one. But it's just going to be a part of the game. And I've been hurt plenty. Um, so I, I'm speaking from experience. I've broken most of the things in my body and I, I'm very fortunate that I don't have like chronic pain and I, I can kind of do what I want physically on the back side of that but it could have been a lot worse like it's just the the risk that you assume racing a motorcycle for a living for a very long time and it doesn't have to be for a living it could be all of you that are out there listening to this podcast and riding on your own like you you know that it's probably a matter of when not if to injure yourself to some degree. Hopefully it's just a minor something, nagging injury, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's just not. 
And uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm all for rethinking how we can make it safer and better as long as it doesn't get to the point where people are like, we got to fix this. Cause I just don't think that's, I don't think that's realistic. Like you look at the activity that these guys are doing and you obviously come to the conclusion that people are going to hurt themselves because you're going fast on a motorcycle that doesn't have a cage and there's people flying all over the place and, and to make money and find success, you have to push the limit and go faster. And those things all equal crashes and at some point, some sort of injury, unfortunately. So uh, my feelings echo most of the industry at this point in the season, pretty burnout on Supercross. Uh, it was a great year, great, a lot of fun. I got to make my television debut in Supercross and do all these amazing things. But yeah, everybody was feeling the burn of a lot of travel in a row. It's just the natural part of the process. And we get to hit reset a little bit this week. Um, take the weekend off. I'm going to, I'm going to really try to enjoy that and just get some downtime and enjoy being at my house. Um, as crazy as that sounds and as, as much as people take it for granted, I don't get to do that enough. Uh, especially like Saturday mornings, like waking up at my house on Saturday morning and Sunday morning is such a great and simple pleasure, uh, for me. Um, and I, I'm truly going to soak that in because I will be going to all the outdoors. I'll be working at, uh, I think at least nine out of the 11 pro motocross events, maybe 10. I'm kind of waiting on, on that final number. And then uh, hopefully at the SMX rounds too, it looks like I'll be doing the, the SMX playoffs as well. Uh, so yeah, this, these weekends off are few and far between for me and I will be enjoying it. Enough about me. Let's talk about the race. I mean, Jet Lawrence, to me, that was a statement win. And for those of you who are, don't care about Supercross anymore, I'm sorry, we're going we're gonna to cover it anyway. Um, but Jet got it done. He made it happen. I thought it was a really big win for him because if you looked at the last few rounds of the series, they were iffy. They weren't, you know, the stellar Jet excellence that we've come to expect from him. And I, I think he knew that. I think he was managing the series a bit. And I think he wanted to go out with no pressure and show these guys what he was capable of and show everybody why he has the accolades and the respect. And, you know, everybody has these expectations placed upon him. And that's the kind of ride he put in. Um, great job from him. Nothing but uh, respect for the 250 career he's put in. And I, yeah, I, I have nothing but the highest regard for what's to come for him. So congratulations. Um, I haven't seen him ride that aggressively in a while. That pass on RJ was certainly near the top of his aggression level. And, and I think it just all kind of snowballed. Like he was just sick of having to play it safe and play it cool. And I think he wanted to show everybody what he really has in the tank. And uh, yeah, that's what you get. You see Jet just running away with, with the win. RJ, I mean, more consistency, which is great. You know, he just didn't have quite enough to beat Jet, but that's nothing new. That was most of the season. What was very similar to that. But if you look at the landscape for him, I think it looks great. You know, going into the Pro Motocross Championship, he wants to win. Whether he can or not, that's up, for him to, up to him to decide. But then looking over the course of the next two years on the 250, I think it sets up really nicely. You know, there will be contenders. There will be, you know, the Levi Kitchens and Deegan's going to get better and Jordan Smith and Nate Thrasher and all these guys are going to be good. There's no doubt about that. 
but I think RJ will be as good or better. Uh, it really has a, it, you know, the landscape is very nice for RJ to go after his first championship, whether it's this summer or next year, next summer or the following year. Like it, he's young enough where two years from now is not a big deal as far as age goes. And he seems to be getting better and better and better. So uh, I love his, his chances and the prospects for RJ Hampshire, uh, not only in 2023, but 24 and 25, maybe even more so. Levi Kitchen was great. Uh, if you watched qualifying practice, you saw how well he was riding. He just looked like his best self. And he gets third in the main event, not so bad. And I think he is set up also really nicely for this summer. Uh, there's a lot going on behind the scenes with Levi. He, I believe, will be making a team change. Um, you know, it's not my place to break news like that, but that's what I'm hearing is there will be a team change made at the, at the latest for 2024. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't know what the reasons are there. I, I truly don't know what the motivation is to leave or switch teams, but I keep hearing about it. So I'm going to guess there's something to it. Uh, but either way, he looks great. He looks like he's really coming into his own. The key will be, can he stay healthy? That's the one thing he hasn't been able to do to find any sort of continuity. And that's the next step for him is to, to maintain this level, not only over the course of a few months, but over the course of an entire season. Hunter Lawrence, your East Coast champion, got a terrible start. He got caught in all kinds of drama. And that's really what he's been able to avoid all season. So that was a bummer to not see him be able to get up in the mix and, and show us what he was capable of because he was crazy fast in the afternoon. He showed why he was the East Coast champion. Jordan Smith was putting up insane lap times. And Hunter matched it and beat it, uh, which I think was a really powerful way to kind of return serve because Jordan looked amazing. I mean amazing. And then Hunter was like, yeah, that's great. You, you look good, but I'm going to go faster. And I, I, didn't, I didn't expect it. I really didn't. When I saw Jordan put in that lap, I was like, holy smokes, that's the fastest anybody's going to go today on a 250. And then Hunter beat it. Uh, so great job, Hunter. Way to show us that you have a lot of speed when you need it. Um, I, I was very, very impressed. So if you're Hunter and it's, if you're going to have a bad race and not be your very best in the consistent winning, you know, he's been at the front all year. If you're going to have a bad race, why not? <laughs> After the championship's clinched, I guess, right? Um, he, his, his timing was great. He had an incredible East Coast run. And I think he's your favorite to win the Pro Motocross Championship. It's really hard to say he's not. There will be guys to challenge him, no question about it, but I think he goes in as the favorite. Uh, Hayden Deegan is an amazing rider, and that's where I'm going to start with him. His heat race was phenomenal. He I mean, he had the pace. No one could challenge the speed he was going, and his learning curve has been incredibly steep. Like, he is figuring it out really quickly, and I give him a ton of credit. I did not think he would be this good. Truly, I doubted him. When I watched him at Houston, I saw a lot of talent and a lot of potential, but I also saw how wild he was. And I was like, this isn't repeatable. Like, this isn't sustainable. He cannot maintain this without having huge crashes. And if you have huge crashes, that means injuries and that means time off the bike and all sorts of negative ramifications. But he's been able to avoid that. He's been great. So kudos to Deegan, his whole family, uh, for the package he's putting together. And I'm really interested to see what that looks like in pro motocross uh, because he surprised me every step of the way this year. And uh, I'm just kind of rethinking my entire outlook on him to be fair. Like he, he absolutely deserves that. 
Joe Shimoda kind of got lost in the fray. I mean, he got fourth in the main event. It's pretty solid, but I honestly never noticed him all day. Not one time did I see Joe and be like, oh yeah, Joe's looking pretty good. Like not once. And I'm normally looking for him because I, I like him. He's an incredibly nice person. And uh, I, I like that. It's the same reason I like Cameron McAdoo. There are a few guys that are just so nice. And that goes a long way with me. I wish I was nicer uh, in my racing days. And even now, um, I, I wish I was warmer and more embracing to people that I don't know. Um, and those guys are very much that. So I, I cheer for those guys. And I didn't notice Joe. So we'll see how outdoors goes for him. He was great last year. That was kind of his breakout season, if you'll remember. You know, winning motos and leading like Unadilla was spectacular. Um, and then, yeah, even the finale, Hunter went for the takeout, but he was really fast. And I think you're going to see him really fast at Fox Raceway, the, the opener again. He practices there all the time, and he feels really comfortable there. So if he gets a good start, watch out for Shimoda to have a, uh, yeah, breakout opening round. The last note on the, uh, on the 250 class is, is Max Bowen. And I wrote in my notes, WTF. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. He was on my fantasy team. Um, that's not going to get it done. Like, he's on a team where the expectations are really high. And Roger DeCoster just does not – he doesn't play around with that stuff. And, and neither would Mitch Payton, neither would Bobby Reagan. So maybe that's not a fair comparison. But I can tell you that Roger is not going to sit around and have a guy. When you have one guy on your KTM 250 factory team, well, I shouldn't say that. It's Vial was there as well. But he was the pick as a 250 factory guy. He was the only guy last year. And he's got a teammate now, but he's the only guy on this coast. And when you don't qualify, that's not, that's not it. Like, I'm, even if you qualify and you don't get, like, top six or seven, that's not good enough. Like, you are going to find yourself on the outside looking in. So I can promise you Roger DeCosta is looking around going, okay, what's plan B here? Because this isn't working. And I have no input on that. Maybe I shouldn't say he, I guarantee you, but that's my opinion. I think that Roger DeCoster has moved on from Max Voland. And that's a hot take. I get it. Talon Voland is a really nice guy. He works in the industry. He can be mad at me if he wants. I'm okay with that. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm just saying, looking at the facts, looking at the situation, the only possibility that Max has to stay on that team is if he comes out and is a podium guy all summer. I think that's really it. And I don't know if that's fair. That's not for me to decide. The sport is cutthroat, especially when there are a ton of young kids that all want that spot. You look at Julian Bomer, who's showing a ton of potential in these kids. You're, if you don't get it done, you don't qualify, and you go backwards in the LCQ, that's not going to work. Like I can just tell you from experience, that's not going to work. Whatever team you're on, if you go backwards in, an, in a 250 LCQ, you will not be around for long unfortunately. I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast before we jump into the uh, the power rankings. Pirelli Tires, go check out that rebate. $30 off an off-road set of tires, $60 off a street set of tires. That's a really great deal. Guts Racing, seat covers for power sports and e-bikes if you have a Saran. Uh, they have complete seats for Kawasaki's. They, they sponsor all sorts of teams with graphics, so check out their graphics as well. Go to GutsRacing.com. Plum Creek Funding, I'm going to be real honest with you. Mortgage rates aren't great. They're pretty high, not historically high, but if you are, have been looking at them for like two years, they feel really high. But there are ways to counteract that. You could put more money down. You could buy all cash. That's a great way to go about things because prices have come down a lot. But what you should do is ask someone who truly knows this industry, ask for advice, 
see what the best options for you are. And you can speak to Zach Morris at Plum Creek Funding, his number, 720-212-4685. Mention this podcast and he will hook you up. If for nothing else, just get some advice. That's, you know, I'd say that all the time. If you're a first time listener, you don't have to go in there with your wallet out, call these guys with your wallet out and say, hey, I'm ready to spend some money. Like ask, ask questions, ask about the product, ask for advice. Um, these these people that I work with are incredibly generous with their time and uh, their advice, and they'll help you. And hopefully, you guys can do business together. That's what it's all about. Pro Glow Wash, reach out to uh, Ryan Humphrey and the team over there if you want to know more about the product. Um, it is a power sports formulated wash. So think like Simple Green, something like that, but formulated for power sports. And that's the difference, right? If you have chain lube and hard to remove dirt and stains pro glow is what you want to try to remove that stuff it it's, has a special formula to remove the chemicals and dirt grime that you're going to run into for power sports side by side street bikes dirt bikes whatever it may be pro glow is what you want tl speed shop check out those guys i got to speak to jason the other day and what i think is really cool about this is you can kind of custom tailor what you want, right? They do all these rides all the time. You can do corporate rides. You can do with your friends and family. You can go to Sedona. You can go wine tours. You can go to Baja. They do all sorts of racing too. They race the Baja 1000. They're going to do uh, Dakar next year. They do all, so they have all the equipment. They have everything set up. You fly into Phoenix. They're based in Wickenburg, which is right up the road. And then everything is dialed in for you. They'll drive you out to where you need to be. They have all the side-by-sides, they have trophy trucks, they have everything you could possibly want for a great getaway in Arizona. And let's face it, these side-by-sides are like 50 grand, right, to go buy. You don't need to deal with any of that. You can fly in and go on a great adventure with TL Speed Shop. International Vet MX Series. This series caters to the 30 and up crowd, right? If you don't wanna go to mini Olympics and race three laps and then have you know, Cobras zinging by your head all day. Uh, you can go to the Old Timers, MX, or excuse me, the International Vet MX Series. Their website is oldtimersmx.com. And they have events all over the place. Their next event is next weekend at Hangtown. So if you want to get a little bit of a warm up before the National, if you're, you know, not going to get to ride Amateur Day at the National and you just want to get on the same track that the pros are going to be on, check out International Vet MX Series. They have live music. They have lots of ride time. It's a two-day event. They have events at, at night on Saturday night in between the two days. You get lots of track time, typically a three-moto format. So it's a really laid-back atmosphere. They really focus on kind of family time and lots of laps and a laid-back atmosphere versus this high-pressure, you know, uh, amateur national type situation. It's not about that. So check out oldtimersmx.com. Fast Foundry, Robert Caracro and the crew, they're actually based in Boise, which is awesome. But something we've been, you know, we've been facing at work too, most companies are facing is r rising interest rates and all the pressure that that can put on a business, right? If you have to borrow to buy inventory, if you have, you know, you, maybe you've leveraged your company to acquire another company, who knows? Maybe, you, you know, you have to do payroll. Uh, you have to do loans to do payroll. Like, I, I don't know what your particular situation is, but I do know that these higher interest rates are putting a lot of strain on I'm going to say most companies out there, some are, you know, better at managing it than others, but I, I see it on a day-to-day -day basis. It's difficult. So if you have questions on what you could be doing to be more efficient in your business, maybe you could 
uh, switch over to something that handles payroll. You know, maybe it's something with AI. Like there are so many ways now that you can save money in your business. Maybe you need to host an event, a virtual event. Fast Foundry can help with all of those. So reach out to Robert at Fast Foundry. Uh, his email is robert at fastfoundry.com. Uh, Grandstone Boots. I will be wearing mine tonight. I'm going to go into uh, town and have dinner, and I will be wearing my Grandstones. Thankfully, they have me. I mean, I, I have way more than I deserve, to be honest. They take such good care of me. Check out grandstoneshoes.com. Uh, their their new products are so nice. Um, I Yeah, like I said, it's a better product that I deserve, and I have more of them than I deserve, but I would invite you to check out their product. And if if you're in the market for something like this, I could not recommend their product any more highly. Um, it is truly state-of-the-art when it comes to footwear. Last but not least, of course, Fly Racing. Thank you to them for everything that they do. Um, it's not easy right now. Uh, times are difficult in the apparel industry. Every you know, Dealers are heavy. Customers are, don't really need anything right now. Like it's just, it's just a tough time for everybody. And uh, I'm proud to be a part of a team that we work together, we work through problems, and we're going to come out stronger for it. So thank you to Fly Racing for all the great things they do for me. Okay, let's talk 450s. And I'm going to be real honest with you. These power rankings are a joke. They're an absolute joke because everybody's hurt. There's no one there. Like I, I literally stared I can't talk apparently. I stared at my notes for 15 minutes trying to figure out who the hell to put in here because there is no one left, okay? So what I did was built a little bit of a hybrid here of guys that are racing, guys are coming back very soon and um, who's still left. So at number seven, I have a bunch of question marks. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't even have eight, nine, 10. Forget eight, nine, and 10. There is no one left. I gave up at seven and I just typed like a hundred question marks because I don't know who's racing. I don't know who is going to be back from injury. Like Barsha's claiming maybe he's going to race. I'm hearing rumors that Webb might race. I don't know. I don't know who the hell's racing and who's not. So seven, great job. All you question marks. You did an awesome job this season. Number six though, I have Adam Cincerillo and he is racing outdoors and he got fourth at the final round. He got third at the second to last round. And I'll tell you why I have him six because I have Jason Anderson at five and Anderson is coming back soon. And Anderson had a much better season than AC did. Although it wasn't awesome. He won zero races, but I think Anderson is coming back really soon. So I put Anderson at five just based on the strength of his season. I didn't put Barsha in here and I didn't put Webb in here. So just keep that in mind. If you're looking for their names, I didn't put them in. If Webb shows up at Fox Raceway, that's on me. He'll go right back in right near the top. And I didn't put Barsha in because I truly don't believe he's going to race for a little while. I know they're trying. I know they're saying he's going to, but I think it's going to be a hot minute before we see Justin Barsha out there. Number four, I have AP7. Aaron Plessinger got second at the finale. And he's set up really well for this outdoor championship simply from the triage that we've seen in this class. Like there is truly no one left. Like it's the, the field is so dilapidated and the depth is gone that I had to put AP four. And that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to be, you know, six, seven, eight, but four is pretty high based on his season. It wasn't great. So I have AP seven at four and we'll see. He could have a great summer. He could be top five most of the summer simply because there's no one around. 
Number three, and this is where it starts to get better, is Dylan Ferrandis. And you're going to say, but he hasn't raced, but he, whatever. I get it. But I'm, I'm grasping at straws here. Guys, there's no one left. So what do you want me to do? I, I can put in Freddie Norin, if you want, at three. If you, you know, like, I, I just don't know what else to do with this class right now. So I have Ferrandis at three because I think he's going to be top three all summer. That's why I have him there. He should be. He is your 2021 champion of this class. He came back in last summer off an injury and was right back in the mix. So I have him at three. And that's just a guess as to where we end up at Fox Raceway. Number two, I have the Jet. And I went back and forth on where to put Jet here. I wanted to put him at one, but I think Sexton deserves it. If you look at Sexton's season last year, he's your 450 Supercross champion. In the end, he does deserve it. Uh, But I did look hard at this. Um, Jet has never lost at Fox Raceway. So who comes out victorious? There is going to be a momentous battle for, I don't know, to say who's the alpha male in this class for confidence, for the mental aspect of this, uh, for to see who's the, you know, the dominant rider at Honda HRC this summer. Like, there's a lot to unpack between Jet and Chase Sexton. And I think that's going to be all of the talking points as we roll into the series. It's probably what I'll talk about at the race. And for good reason, it's it's the number one storyline of the summer is Jet Lawrence and Chase Sexton going head-to-head. Finally, Jet moves up, and we get to see what's what. At number one, no surprise, I already mentioned him, Chase Sexton. And that was a great year, right? He, he really broke out last summer. If you were looking for the moment where Chase Sexton arrived, it was really last summer. Now he was bested. Eli Tomac got it done. We all know that. But Chase came into his own and proved that he was going to be a force on a 450. And all of the questions we had, I believe, got answered last year. Now, you could say what if and, you know, put a lot of asterisks on the title this Supercross season, all all that stuff. Fine, whatever. Do what you want. But he won six races. He won the championship. He can't control who gets hurt. He was the fastest guy all year. He was the fastest qualifier like. 13 or 14 races out of 17 or something crazy. So like, what do you do with that? Like if you're the fastest guy, almost every qualifying session, you win six races. Nobody can say anything. We all know Tomek got hurt. I get it. But to say that Sexton is an undeserving champion is not fair. And I I absolutely won't stand for that. Um, You could say he caught a break. Sure. That that's fair. He did catch a break, Uh, but that's how these championships go. 2008. I think James Stewart wins that Supercross championship if Ch- if he doesn't get hurt. So Chad Reed caught a break. That's fair. I, Chad would probably punch me in the face if you heard me say that. But I think it's true. Like, James was incredibly good until he hurt his knee in 2008. Maybe Chad doesn't win, right? So that's just a part of racing. You have to be in it to win it. In the words of, actually, Chad Reed, you can't race who doesn't show up. Like, that. you don't have any control over that. So don't. You know, I just don't like that argument because that's not Chase Sexton's fault that Eli Tomac got hurt. And I think they did everything right. They handled it with class. They didn't celebrate in Denver. And yeah, Honda broke the streak. They broke the curse. They are champions. And now they get to move into the Jet Lawrence era on top of it. So good times for Honda. Uh, they have really everything going in their direction. They have a lot of momentum. And uh, I, I really like Lars Lindstrom. He is a great person. He's doing a great job over there, 
and I'm just happy to see uh, happy to see the success. So good job to them. So that's it for this week. We're rolling into pro motocross. I have mixed feelings because right now I'm still really burnt out. Um, I am excited to get another shot at doing television after I know exactly how it's going to go. Last year I had no clue and I was a mess. I was such like this. If you could, if you could make a picture or bring stress to life, that would have been me. Like that would, I would have, I was stress embodied last especially early last motocross season. And I won't be this year. I will be much more calm and I'll understand what, how things are going to go and what I need to do. And I, I think I'll enjoy it much more this year than I did last year. So hope you all enjoy this podcast. I'm going to do another one before the race uh, next week. Do a little preview one. Um, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to talk about yet. I need to work on that, but I do want to get another show in before, uh, before the opener. So thanks to everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you to all the sponsors too. See ya.